0: Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. Do you ever feel burnt out, tired, or just completely emptied of motivation for something you need to do? Let me give you some inspiration to keep going. Or maybe stop and think. Then let's talk the education of our children. I have an exercise you might find surprising. Today... On the Whole Steward. Well, this is episode number 31. I'm thankful you're listening. I have a confession to make. Uh, I have been doing now 31 episodes episodes of The Whole Steward and we have not had that much growth in the listenership. I'm thankful for those of you who are listening. But we haven't had much growth, and I put a lot of work into preparing and bringing you the whole steward, and I just didn't have the motivation this week. I really just wanted to go outside, play with my friends, Uh, not my friends, my kids. Uh, They are my friends, uh, but they're also my my children, and uh, my best friend, who is my wife, We did go outside, play a little volleyball, and throw some airplanes around at the park before I did this, but I really did not have a lot of motivation. And how do you go about getting motivation when you're not motivated? Well, I read one of the newsletters that I get before I recorded this, and the advice was really good. Uh, The newsletter I get is from Pat Flynn, if you're familiar with him, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, I recommend it. It's called Smart Passive Income, and he has a podcast, and he helps entrepreneurs keep going and get started. His advice was, have fun with it. So today I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to be a little more loose and have fun because... You know, if you're not motivated to do something and, you know, I I haven't seen the growth in our listenership, that is a little bit discouraging to me. So I'm just being fully transparent with you. If you're hearing this and you do find the whole steward beneficial, again, I ask you, please share it with a friend. Now, I want to go back to the basics today. Let's just take a step back. We're at episode 31 of The Whole Steward. What are we doing here? Why are we doing it? What's it all about? And let me just show you. I'll go straight to the website and show you on the About page. If you didn't know this, you can look and see what is The Whole Steward all about. If you click About, go down, I have a little clip about uh, who I am and my family there. But then I get to the vision, mission, and values of the whole steward. And I thought, well, what we'll do today is just take a little uh, review of what the vision is. Let's keep the vision clear in mind. The vision is this. Build a community of those with a holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. That is what we're doing. It's a whole steward that inspires you to join a community of those who learn, sow, grow, and reap more abundantly in all areas of stewardship. And that's done through our podcast, the videos, the website, blog, newsletter. I haven't been keeping up with those, if you notice, but nobody actually has mentioned it to me. So that makes me think that, oh, maybe you don't care too much. If you want to keep getting those newsletters, let me know. You have to contact me. I need to I need to know that you're reading it and you appreciate it. Uh, I know there's a couple of you who in the past have said, oh, that's really helpful. But also, I've pulled back for a couple of weeks, a few weeks now actually, and nobody's really said anything. So let me know. Do you appreciate the newsletter uh, and the blog posts or not? Just let me know. One way that I can know is that I don't get any feedback. And that's one way. uh, That's one answer. Anyways, the mission is to inspire people to a more abundant harvest for the glory of God. See, our society today is filled with two extremes. One is the health wealth and prosperity gospel as they call it and the other is what we might call the poverty gospel one says god wants you to be healthy wealthy and satisfied and we know from scripture that that isn't always true although he does want you want you to enjoy the gifts uh, the very good gifts that he has given us to enjoy on this earth for a short time and be good stewards of it that's what the show's all about on the flip side, there's the poverty gospel, where the teaching is, or the thought is, that, well, God wants you to be poor and just have treasure in heaven. Well, if you were to completely divest yourself of every possible earthly treasure uh, on this earth, you would be naked and destitute. You would have a difficult time ministering the gospel to others, because I mean, you wouldn't even have any clothes or anything. And God says that He takes care of those basic needs for us, which is true. Uh, But He gives us much more than just those basic needs, at least if you live in America, if you're uh, in the Western world at all, or really many countries around the world, if you're listening to this podcast, for sure you have much more than just those basic needs. So you would be considered wealthy by the world's standards and you have more than just basic needs, you need to be a good steward. Now, you don't immediately throw your iPhone away and stop listening to the whole steward just because you suddenly are thinking, oh, well, I need to divest myself of everything and just be poor. Does Jesus want you to be poor? Maybe, maybe not. Does he want you to be rich? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're listening to this, you are rich. So let's have the, uh, the mission of inspiring people to a more abundant harvest for the glory of God. Can you take your wealth and do good things with it? Can you take your time and do good things with it? Can we just take a moment to recognize the nine forms of capital that we have under our care? The spiritual, living, intellectual, experiential, social, cultural, material, financial, and time. You see, we have all these things under our care, and I do not see any one of those that God says, make it go completely to zero and make the others go super high. There are some who would make one go very low and another very high, but that would be an imbalance. And the holistic approach to wealth says, let's balance all of these and manage them all for the glory of God. Let's not keep anything selfishly for ourselves because we can't take anything with us anyways. We can't take any of our time, our finances, our material, our culture, our, our social relationships, uh, our experience, our intellect or our bodies, our living capital. Uh, The only thing that matters in the long run is the spiritual capital, but that is intertwined through our entire life with how we manage all those other areas. So living out the gospel, living out a life in Christ means managing these other areas well. And that's what we're all about here. That's the mission And I hope that is how you are inspired by listening every week. A quick review on the values. We value what God values ultimately. Uh, Here's nine. They correspond to each of those forms of capital we just mentioned. I had fun with this when I did it. Faith, gratitude, humility, curiosity, love, conservation, generosity, growth, patience. There's so many more we could list here, but... That's what we value here. If you think it's worth uh, listening to, continuing, please share, share, share. That's what we need to do right now. I would love to reach uh, a bigger audience and have more people benefit. I want to know that I'm providing you value, so give me some feedback too and tell me how is the whole steward helping you. Uh, It would really encourage me. So encourage one another. Be inspired to keep going. I'm here again this week, and I am definitely inspired to keep going. I'm having fun with it today, as you can see. I want to shift gears now and talk about a topic that is uh, on my heart a little bit. Having five kids, and I've been thinking about this recently, What is our relationship to our children in terms of teaching them? Now, we could talk about the school system that we have, the modern school system. Some parents choose to send their kids to public school. Some will send them to private school. Others will homeschool. That's what my wife and I choose to do. And I have reasons for that. When we were first married, I... I told my wife, Anna, you know, to me, homeschooling is not an option. It's not an option for anybody else to spend that many hours every day with my children teaching them. Now, you might think, well, what's wrong with, you know, teaching science, math, whatever? Uh, Well, because everything is taught through a worldview. We teach our children through a Christian worldview. That is part of our stewardship. That is part of the whole steward mentality. That our children are part of our relational capital, and our living capital, and we invest spiritually into them heavily every day, day in, day out. She stays home with them, teaches them uh, their subjects every day, And I'm also very involved in teaching them character, uh, as is she. And that is all the time, every day, we are with them. Now, some people say, well, I need a break from my children. Well, I can't give that responsibility up. Let's look at a few verses. Psalm 103.13. This kind of sets a picture uh, for who the Lord is and draws the analogy of fatherhood to explain who the Lord is. Psalm 103.13 reads, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So here we see that God shows compassion to those who fear him, as a father shows compassion. Now, there are some fathers, there are some mothers, who do not show compassion on their children, and it is an absolute tragedy. But this is a general principle that as a father shows compassion to his children, that is how the Lord treats us. We can be thankful for that right now. We can be thankful that that's how the Lord treats us. When it comes to teaching our children, we do quite a few things one of the things is discipline. This is in the moral uh, character training of the children. And I have three proverbs for you. They are maybe a little bit controversial today, but nonetheless, they are proverbs, and we tend to live by them because they are God's word. And it's wisdom. Proverbs 22.15 reads, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. In fact, putting the children to bed this uh, evening actually required quite a bit of that tonight. It was very difficult. Proverbs 23.13-14 Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. You see, there are some things in life which are just not options. Kids, they don't know some of that. Uh, they don't know that stuff. And they need to be taught by their parents. And if you discipline them in the Lord, they will grow up and they will learn and it will save their soul from sheol, or death is what that is. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen 15-17. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest he will give delight to your heart you see all of this is speaking to the results and the rewards of faithful nurturing and discipline of your children as they grow up hebrews 12:9 to 11 besides this we had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them You see, God disciplines His children. So if you know the Lord, you are a child of God, you will be disciplined by Him. And that is the loving thing for a father to do. There are times that will come into your life that are very difficult. and They are meant to train you in holiness. This is God's good provision for you and discipline. Hebrews talks about how if a father doesn't discipline a son, he's not a son at all. He's basically illegitimate, or he's not his son. I don't discipline the people who are not my children. My children have the privilege and also the responsibility with me to be trained by me. And I take that very seriously. As a whole steward, you should, because the Bible repeatedly Puts this responsibility on parents. It is not anybody else's, not the government, not the church, not the grandparents, not all of these other people who you might have in your life that you might think, oh, well, you know, I'll just abdicate that responsibility to them. No, it is the parents' responsibility. And that is very clear. That's not to say that there is no room for those other people to uh, render training and discipline, but it is specifically the parent's job, primarily. Here's the positive side of it. An instruction for you children, if you're listening, and a principle for the parents who would be on the other side of this, Proverbs 1, 8-9 Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. You see, the father and the mother, they are responsible for instruction and teaching. This is your job as parents. If you don't have children and you aspire to Have children someday? Think about this. Think about it long and hard. As you train your children, one of the exhortations is, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You see, we are to instruct our children in the Lord. If you have a situation where your children are going for hours on end and receiving instruction from from the secular worldview, from people with a humanistic worldview, or an anti-God disposition, it'll be much more difficult, if not impossible, to accurately portray God's instruction and discipline and worldview when there's these conflicting messages. You've heard... Well, they need to be salt and light. Actually, your children are your mission field. And if you're sending your children out into the world to be salt and light, you're kind of sending your mission field out into the mission field. Uh, it, it doesn't make all that much sense. Unless your children are strong believers, of course, that is different, and the instruction is directly to them. But uh, the main point here is just that it is fathers and mothers who are to train up and teach the children in the instruction of the Lord. The foundation for that was laid in Deuteronomy 6, 6-8, which says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So unless so for us, unless our children are with us, it is very difficult to Fulfill this scripture to teach them diligently if they're not with us. Now, if you do have a situation where your children are in public school, regardless of what type of schooling you choose to do for your children, the parents need to be involved. And that is one of the shocking things in our schools today. Parents are not involved. Not much at all. And it's it's very rare. If you're homeschooling, obviously you have a different perspective on that. But a lot of people look at that and go, how could you ever do that? Well, it is a lot of work and a lot of commitment. But it is part of being involved and actually having direct influence over the education of our children. Yes, I fully admit I'm indoctrinating my children day in, day out. But if you think that if a child goes to public school or a secular school of some kind that they're not being indoctrinated and yet mine are being indoctrinated, you're just flat out wrong. It's just a question of what are you going to be indoctrinating your children with? Are you going to indoctrinate them with a secular humanistic worldview or with a Christian worldview? The whole steward recognizes the importance of that indoctrination. Now, here's the exercise I mentioned at the beginning. This might surprise you. I want you to do it right now. I'm going to do it uh, with you. Pull out your phone, uh, or if you're at the computer, do this right now. Go to Google. So I'm going to open a new tab here, and I am going to just type these words. Type in, school makes me feel. And then stop typing and look at what the suggested searches are. Do it right now. Pull out your phone. Do it with me. Type in to Google, school makes me feel. And look at this. I'm just going to read them to you. School makes me feel worthless, meme, empty. Trapped, sick, stupid, lonely, stressed, useless. These are the suggested search terms on Google. What are we doing? This is what our children are Googling. These are the suggested search terms. If I type in school makes me feel, this is what I get as suggestions. That just goes to show you what the children are searching today. It's a, a very sad thing to me. And what I want to do is just tell you a little of my history. I was homeschooled. Uh, I used to be in a private school. It was a private Christian school until fourth grade. In fourth grade, when I was going into fourth grade, I told my, my mom that I would rather be in heaven than have to go to school. When she was signing me up and she thought, oh no, you know, my son's going to commit suicide or something. And she freaked out. She said, I got to do something. And then she homeschooled me the rest of the time. Uh, she homeschooled all three of my sisters as well, all the way through high school. And uh, it was a great experience. Now, I'm not saying homeschooling is the only option. It was the option that my parents chose And it was very helpful for me because, you know what, if we had Google back when I was a kid, this is much of what I would have typed in. It made me, I hated school. I was really good at recess. I was fine with that. I could do recess all day, um, you know, playing outside with my friends. But boy, when I was sitting at the desk and I had to do endless math problems or, you know, read English like I just couldn't see the point. I would just daydream all day and I'd fritter the time away. I'd take my pencil and fly it around, you know, like an airplane. Um, I just hated school. I I, I was bad at it. And then I'd go home with all this homework cuz I didn't get it done while I was there, and uh, the the teacher would send it home with me and then my friends would come over and want to play. They'd come over in the afternoon. Can Andrew play? Oh, no, you know, I got all this homework I got to do. Boy, what a depressing, depressing uh, situation. So how do we make it for our kids now, for this next generation, how do we make it, uh, how do we make learning fun? The whole steward is one of the ways that I learn. I learn a lot preparing. I hope you learn a lot listening. There's so many ways now that we can learn in an enjoyable way. Learning doesn't have to be a chore. Now, there are times where you apply yourself to learn something that is a lot of work and it's not actually, you know, super fun while you're doing it because you're disciplining yourself in a particular uh, area of study. But for our children, I have to say, for example, my wife, she must be doing something right because my kids like school. It's very strange to me. Like I told her, I said, you must be doing something right because when I was that age, I absolutely hated it. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have their moments where they don't want to do the work or whatever it is, but you can really cater to the learning styles of the children and, and you should, no matter whether you're homeschooling or whatever kind of school it is, public school, private school, um, cater to the learning styles of the children. I think it's much more difficult in a classroom setting where all the children are expected to kind of stay at the same place at the same time in terms of uh, their intellectual capabilities. Uh, some of them are going to be bored because they already got it and they want to move on. Others are going to be struggling to keep up and feel left behind. Uh, maybe they'll feel worthless or empty or trapped. Um, you know, for me, it it was uh, just endless math problems seemed so pointless. And then I went on, of course, to get an engineering degree, and it was never-ending math when I was in school. But uh, the point here, and I'll wrap it up with this is to make learning fun for your children. Not only are we teaching them the uh, fear and admonition of the Lord, which is absolutely paramount, we're teaching them about the world as well that they live in, Uh, the language that we use to communicate with each other. We learn language so we can read the Bible and know God. Uh, Math is critical for how the world works. It's an analysis of the order and the rationality that God has created in the world. So, there's so many things. And then, of course, you have all the social studies and the the critical cultural issues facing our generation right now. Uh, Teach your children diligently and make learning enjoyable. Make it so that if they type this into Google, none of these suggestions would apply. Make it so that if they type school makes me feel into Google, they would follow it with a word like happy, excited, empowered, growing. You see, there's so many more things that could be filled in, so many better things that could be filled in than these and then encourage one another inspire one another let's have a big and a positive impact on this next generation and let's reverse this trend of google searches shall we that's all i have for today hope you had fun i did tried to keep it a little looser I hope you learned something. I hope you're inspired to uh, share this with others. And let's have a positive impact on the next generation. Let's reverse the trend of these search terms. And I appreciate you listening. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only. and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for The Holistic Approach to Wealth from a Christian Worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.